This episode of Converge with my guest, Cliff Ravenscraft, is sponsored by Go, the Converge Summit. Go is our annual gathering for creatives looking to maximize their markets. How much are you leaving on the table? For more information, check out ConvergeSummit.com. Converge is my chance to connect with creatives who make really interesting things. And when they can, profit from those things, often in ways that might surprise you. My background as a photographer and author gets me in conversations with visual storytellers and writers, but also musicians, actors, business and thought leaders, basically people who work very hard, not just to make a buck, but also to make a point. The invitation is to understand a little more of the context that surrounds their work, and hopefully discover a fresh perspective that might inspire something new around the value you're making in the world. Back in the early 2000s, there was this phenomenon of taking static MP3 files and putting them on a server somewhere that could be accessed with a feed, like an RSS thing. And it was revolutionary. It was called a podcast. And then after podcasting happened, video podcasting was quick on its heels. And then there was live streaming. And obviously today we take all of these things for granted, but there were not too long ago, just a couple of years ago, radical shifts in how ideas were communicated thanks to the internet, where it wasn't just with words anymore, it became more multifaceted and far more interesting to consume. But lately, what's been fascinating, thanks, I think, to Bluetooth and your cars and in your ears, audio podcasts, one of these early building blocks, has come back into massive popularity. There's this huge resurgence, and it's not by accident. Well, our guest today is Cliff Ravenscraft, and a lot of you guys might know of him as the podcast answer man, but he has powered a lot of that content in a way that might be surprising to many of you. And he's done it not by him creating all this great content, by him actually coming alongside some radically influential people and helping them get their messages to the masses. And uh, I'm thrilled to have him on. He's a lot more than just a technician, I'll tell you that, and that'll be evident in our conversation. But at the end of it, I have a hunch you might begin to view podcasting not just as a consumer anymore, but maybe as a vehicle for you to get your message into the world. If you want to have a successful show that really gets people going and, and has people talking about it and they want to share about it, then you've got to give them either entertainment, education, encouragement, or inspiration. And if you can give them all four, I think that that's really the formula for great success. I'm your host, Dane Sanders, and I want to welcome you to Converge. Cliff Ravenscraft, welcome to Converge. Dane, I tell you what, man, I am so excited to be here. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing to me. I'm laughing because I'm I'm nervous laughing. Like, Cliff, the reason this podcast exists is because of our relationship, because you, I had the chance to take your course, and you helped me. Even though I had a, a background in interviewing people, and someone helped me way in the early days to create a video podcast on the heels of audio podcast first coming out, uh, you were the first one to really help me build a pro-grade show where I, you know, I not only had the gear and knew how to plug it all in, but began to think through the technical aspects of how to, how to build a narrative message. And you've done this now for so many people, just for the sake of our audience who don't know you yet, name, do a little name dropping here. Cause I know you wouldn't do it without me asking. So who are some of the folks that have had the chance that you've worked with personally that are now uh, leveraging their, their ideas through podcasting? Well, let's see here. Uh, some of the names out there, if you look in the top category ranking for iTunes in the business category, there's a lot of folks in there that I've personally helped. Uh, names like Michael Hyatt, uh, Michael Stelzner from Social Media Marketing World, 
Pat Flynn from smartpassiveincome.com, John Lee Dumas uh, from Entrepreneur on Fire, Amy Porterfield from uh, Online Marketing Made Easy, Dan Miller, 48 Days Online Radio, uh, also author of the uh, 48 Days to the Work You Love. Let's see, Beyond the To-Do List with Eric Fisher, Oso Pinteresting with uh, Cynthia Sanchez, Jamie Tardy, The Eventual Millionaire. Basically, I guess if you look in the top 100 podcasts in the business category of iTunes, I would say close to 30 or 40 of them are my students or clients that I've worked with one-on-one. That's pretty good market share, man. It's it's pretty amazing. And and so it, 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 I've had an incredible blessing of just God kind of steering my path and connecting me with some people that that have just led to some wonderful things in life. Well, you already mentioned Michael Hyatt. He was someone that also connected me to you, as well as I think it was Chris Brogan was the first person who I made the connection to. And then most recently, uh, I had the chance to be out in Boston at an event, and I ran into Scott Stratton, uh, the unmarketing guy. And, and he I'm noticing on Twitter lately, he's referencing you all over the place. Yeah, he's a, he is the podcasting A to Z alumni as well. Wow. Well, and I had the chance to be a podcasting A to Z guy not too long ago. That's that's actually what led to to this show. But we're going to get all into that in just a few minutes. I say all that as background for you who are listening, that Cliff, he knows what the heck he's talking about, number one. And number two, uh, he's far more accessible than people think. And what I mean by that isn't that you can give him a call anytime. What I mean by that is I was amazed at the amount of value for such a modest investment I got out of my experience with with you, Cliff. So we'll get into that in a minute. But where I want to start the conversation today is really around like why podcasting? Like why in the world would people care to do it? And I'm wondering if we could identify a couple archetypes or like different examples of folks who are doing it maybe for different reasons. And given your experience with as many people as you've been with, have, have there been any kind of like surprises, like people who you, you never thought they could do that on a podcast and it's really worked out well? Well, I, I, I don't know how shocking it, it has been, but let me just give you some unique, uh, different archetypes, if you will. Uh, the Catholic nuns uh, have done great with podcasting. Uh, nunslife.org is Sister Julie. She's one of my clients and students. And uh, my friend, Father Roderick Von Hogan, has the what is known as the number one Catholic podcast network in the world. Then there are people like uh, my friend, Chef Keith Snow, who has harvestliving.com. And he is a professional chef. And he swore to me, Cliff, there's no way I can do a cooking show and not have it be video. And I said, please, by all means, do video. Video is great. But if you want my opinion, create yourself a weekly audio podcast. And he took a challenge from me. He did it. And today he's not really producing any video at all. But his his business is thrust mainly forward by his audio podcast. Well, uh, l- let me jump in right there because, you know, I'm a, I'm a photographer by trade. You know that. And I, I had the same kind of reaction. My thought was if it wasn't visual, podcasting is kind of old school. Like why would we just do audio only and I was amazed the more I get into podcasting as a consumer and with the lens of a photographer in my mind, how visual a medium audio is. I actually think it's the most visual. It is. In fact, that, that's how I fell in love with podcasting early on. I, I, I started out with a technology podcast through Leo Laporte. And it would be your standard, typical you know, talk podcast, getting the latest news and technology. 
But the second podcaster I ever came across was Father Roderick Von Hogan, who at the time was creating these online walk casts as podcast episodes. And so he'd be going to different places like Dublin, Ireland, if you will. And he had this stereo recording uh, of, you know, he had this special microphone that allowed you to put headphones on and it sounded like you were there with him. And he would actually describe what he's seeing as he's walking down the streets of Dublin, Ireland. You hear the street musician singing the song Hallelujah. I'd never heard the song Hallelujah before, but today it's one of my favorite songs. And every time I hear the version from Jeff Buckley, I think of the very first time I heard that song, walking along the streets of Dublin, Ireland with Father Roderick. Although I, I literally felt as though I was walking the streets of Ireland, but I was actually walking the streets of Hebron, Kentucky looking down at the sidewalk, but in my mind, I was in Dublin. I love that. It, it takes you someplace. And I love that you referenced Jeff Buckley, because when I think about that Halloween song, Leonard Cohen originated the song, it takes you to another place. Like you feel like you're lifted up and taken somewhere. And you're right. Audio podcasting has that capacity. And it's so moving. And the other thing that's amazing about audio podcasting, and I know the one of the original questions is kind of like, why would people do this? And 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 why why audio over video? And the my favorite benefit of a audio podcast is this thing called I, I like to call it no screen time required. I don't know about you, but occasionally my self discipline and willpower kind of goes away, and and three hours of my life are completely wasted by what I would call distractions. And that's not how I want people to feel about the content that I create. And so what I love about an audio podcast is that people can download it. They can stream it on their phone. They can listen to it wherever they go. But here's the deal. People can be listening to my voice or our voice, your voice. They can, There are people right now, I guarantee you that there are people right now listening to my voice at this very second on an airplane. There are people who are driving in their car right now listening to my voice. There are some people who are mowing their lawn. There are people who are washing their dishes, walking the dog out for a run, out for a walk, all of these things. And the cool thing about audio podcasting is that they can be 100% focused on driving that car or doing those other things, and they're still 100% focused and hanging on my every single word that I'm speaking. Well, as you know, this, this show in particular is it's called Converge, the business of creativity, and focused specifically on people who make things and then want to make something from those things. So whether they want to make a buck or they want to make a point, whatever it is, they, they want to create value not just for themselves and making it, but for others who might experience it. And one of the reasons why I was so thrilled to have you, I know that there are so many listeners out there that they have something they're making. They want to get it out to the world. And they're trying to do it so many different ways. And for whatever reason, in my experience, talking about these ideas, whatever it is that we're making and bringing to market, through this medium, it's exceptionally accessible, but also uniquely powerful. And I'm wondering if you could describe maybe a couple of examples of folks that, especially in that business category, like a lot of those folks, they're doing interviews, but they're doing interviews about particular kinds of things, or they're telling narratives around particular kinds of things to get the word out. Like John Lee Dumas, for example, Entrepreneur on Fire, uh, Pat Flynn, Smart Passive Income. These are great examples of folks who have a particular message they want to get out to folks, and they're leveraging podcasting to do it. Are there limits to the kinds of things that you can bring to market through podcasting? 
you know, I'm sh I'm sure there has to be some sort of limit as to what would make for a good podcast, but I haven't really come up with anything where somebody said, I want to do this, and I think, mm, maybe not that one. I'll give you the best example. Uh, there was a gentleman, his name is Dan Matson. He took my A to Z course back in September 2011. Here's the interesting thing. If you go today to Hooked on Wooden Boats. I love his podcast. I love his podcast. Yes. <laughs> hookedonwoodenboats.com. And here's a podcast where Dan Matson is now known today around the world as Wooden Boat Dan. He is one of the world, he is actually, I would say, the world's leading authority on all things wooden boat related. He is every wooden boat enthusiast out there knows Dan Matson because of his 138 episodes devoted to the wooden boat in industry. It's interesting you talk about passion. I um, I spend a lot of time. I'm a big fan of Shark Tank and uh, of the sharks in particular. I love. Uh, I'm really impressed with uh, Robert and also Mark Cuban. And as I study Mark Cuban over the years, you know he's pretty antagonistic about people following their passions. But I think it's because it's he nuances it right. Like he says, look, it's not about. It's not just about passion. It's not just about opportunity. And as I deduce what I'm hearing him say, it seems like what he's making the case for is create something that would make a difference for the audience, for the other person, not just for like what you care about, but there's an audience out there that are going to benefit from his passion. Can you talk a little bit about how important it is to be conscious of the, the people on the other end of the speakers? Well, of course. I mean, the reality is, is, is why do we create the content that we're creating? We we're, we're trying to get a message out into the world and, and, I find that the the podcasts that do the best, and of course, the people that I prefer to work with are people who are doing what they're doing because they want to make a positive difference in the world. They want to help make people's lives better. And by the way, that could be by making them laugh with a comedy podcast. It could be by teaching them or educating them with maybe about nutritionists and how to get more healthy. Uh, it could be just an encouraging or an inspirational podcast to, to just give people a little bit of a, a little bit more hope in their life on a daily basis. But it, I think it's important for if you want to have a successful show that really gets people going and, and has people talking about it and they want to share about it, then you've got to give them one of those four things, either entertainment, education, encouragement, or inspiration. And if you can give them all four, I think that that's really the formula for great success. Say those four again, just so everyone gets them. Sure, it's entertainment, education, encouragement, or inspiration. And if you don't have this driving force of this is what my message is, this is this, I'm driven to give this to this world to, to help benefit their lives. And instead, if it's more of, you know, this is what's going to help my business grow. This is what's going to help me get more clients. This is what's going to help me. What happens is your audience picks up on that, especially more so in your voice than, than in the written word. You can actually write something and, and it comes across, you know, in the way that you might hope that it's conveyed. But when it comes to speaking about the topic for which you're talking about, it, it has to have some level of enthusiasm for people to really take root. And, and so I think that, that that's that entertainment value. I mean, that you really want to draw people in. And I, I do believe that enthusiasm and passion is contagious. And I've often been told by many of the people who, who listen to me, they say, Cliff, if I, I, there are some shows that you've created. And by the way, I've created over 30 different podcasts. I'm talking about 30 different shows. All of my episodes are about an hour. 
And I've had people who have said, Cliff, I listen to podcasts that you've produced about TV shows or different topics for which I have no interest in. But for whatever reason, I get excited about what you get excited about just because of your passion for it. And, and I could listen to you talk about anything that you're excited about. When you think about the full spectrum of what's out there, a lot of the folks who've gone through your course have been more on the side of the interview style, like this, the, like our, our, this podcast today. But there's also this other end of it. And even Alex Bloomberg, I know he did a, a course on Creative Live not too long ago where he, he talked about the, kind of this journalistic craft and skill set that if you infuse it in any kind of style of podcasting, it could add a lot of value, especially on the entertainment side of things as you're describing it and you kind of pulling people into a narrative storytell. What's your sense of of the current landscape of podcasting as these new kind of innovators are entering the market and what's possible? Just muse with me a little bit around these phenomenons. I, I think it's great what they're doing. And, and and it just goes to show you that there really are very few limits as, in, as to what you can do with an audio or in audio. So those are great. I love the narrative stories and, and where the story continues episode after episode. It's kind of like this never ending ch- audio book that you just get a new chapter every week. So I, I like those. And, and there, of course, those are the ones where you kind of really want to start with episode number one and you don't want to miss anything. Otherwise, you, you've you missed some really good parts of the story and, it, and some of it might not make sense. So that's one form. Then, of course, you've already talked about the interview. We're doing an interview now. And and these are wonderful. They're wonderful, first and foremost, uh, for the the person doing the interview because it gives you, the the podcast producer, the opportunity to have 30 minutes to an hour of people's time, you know, the people that you maybe not, you normally wouldn't have the opportunity to even hire one-on-one, but because you have an audience in their niche, uh, you have something of value to offer to them. And so it's actually not just a win for you to have the opportunity to talk to experts and mentors as a podcast producer, but but it's also good for them because you have taken the time, Dane, to to create the the converge audience that you have and your relationship that you're building with them. And when you say great things about me, that means wonderful things to me and my brand. Uh, win for both of us, but it's a win also for the audience because they get exposed to some new information that maybe you are not necessarily the expert in so that you can bring somebody in to help add some additional content, some additional education, if you will, in these areas and encouragement, inspiration and bringing to light some other things that people are doing, bringing hope to your audience through this. That's the interview format and why it's so great. There's also, and of course, this is more along the lines of what I like to do. And and I like the solo episodes where it's the solo host and they, they're the authoritative expert, if you will. Now, you can be the authoritative expert and still do interviews and do interviews all the time. But I kind of like to get behind a microphone and just talk about what I'm experiencing, what I'm thinking. Here's the latest news. Here are my thoughts on this news. Here's this product. Here's my review of this product. Here's something I tried. This is what happened. I failed. But let me talk about why I think I failed and and what I'm going to do now that I failed to try something different and how I'm going to take what I've learned from that failure and move forward as a better person or and have it you know, help me grow my business in a better way. For me, what I love about these solo shows, and if somebody's authentic and real, I kind of like it when they admit that they don't have all the answers, because the, all of a sudden that gives me hope. Uh, I, I kind of, and, and not in a bad way, but I kind of like it when they fail and they tell me about it. Well, it humanizes them too, right? I mean, it, it just makes, it feels like it makes them more accessible, 
Yes. Yeah. And so what I found is that the the shows that have solo hosts, the ones that are the most successful are the ones who really bring a lot of transparency and authenticity to what they're doing. Um, there are other formats out there as well. There there are, like I had told you before, there are these things called walk casts. You know, I, that's what I call them. But it's basically where you're out in the field and you're just talking and, and you just share what's on your mind. It's kind of like, it's really nothing more than an audio journal. And there's no show preparation involved. You click record and all of a sudden you just start talking because all of a sudden it gives me a glimpse into what, what life is like for other people. And oftentimes, it, I, I didn't even suspect it, but gosh, we have more in common than I could have ever imagined. Again, I, I, I'm dying because I know listeners at home are just like, okay, this is awesome. I'm in. I'm super excited. Tell me the practicalities. I promise you guys we're going to get to that in just a few minutes, and we're going to honor Cliff's time. But I got to ask you, Cliff, around – like as you keep referencing freedom, like freedom in format, freedom in show. And offline, you and I had a chance to talk just a little bit about kind of your own epiphanies as you've built these 30 shows and this massive and way more than 30,000 person – you're so modest uh, – audience and you have this huge kind of deal going on. And in the midst of that, my guess is it would be pretty tempting to just ride that thing out. And yet in the midst of that, you're having your own epiphanies lately and – uh, you've shared them on your on your show and on your on podcastanswerman.com and and not just there but in, in a number of different places. Talk a little bit about some really like live epiphanies that have happened for you. Like even as as early, I don't know when people are going to be listening to this episode in particular, but right now we're in November of 2014, and you're there's some big kind of ahas going on for you on a personal level. And I'm wondering if you could talk about two things. One, to the degree you feel comfortable, what is that new freedom? And then, and number two. How important is it to give yourself the space to keep having epiphanies even after you've experienced success? Well, I, I think it's extra, I'll, I'll answer the second one first. I, for me, I have to have the freedom to have epiphanies and change my mind and, and, and go in a different direction. I, I don't want to be bored in life. I don't want to do something next for the next 10 years because it's been extremely successful over the last three years. But the reality is, Dane, is that I feel called to do something different as a main focus in my life. I will still have Podcast Answer Man. I will still be teaching people and, and all of that stuff. But I, I feel that I need this freedom to actually pursue something different. And I know that my greatest calling in life is not to teach people how to hook up their mixers and microphones and what wires go where. But my greatest calling and mission in life is to take what I'm experiencing in life, the things that I'm learning, the books, the insights that I have, uh, the experiences that I have in living life each day as, as according to the life for which I was created and taking these experiences and literally behind a microphone talking to people with the hopes that what I will do will help encourage and inspire others to make a positive difference in their life, that I will be creating entertainment for them, that I will be educating them, that I will be encouraging them, and that I will inspire them. And, and so I want to actually spend more time in the future being a content creator. I still feel this sense that there's something deeper inside of me that I haven't yet done in this life that will encourage and inspire people. And so I, I don't know what it is, but... For some reason, I I don't know, it, it, and maybe it's a little narcissistic, but I think one day 
there could be this, it could possibly be the Cliff Ravenscraft show. And all of a sudden the name Cliff Ravenscraft is a name that is somewhat easy to recognize at some point in the future. Man, I want for, especially for folks who are at home as they're hearing these ideas and they're, like you said, if they're mowing the lawn or <laughs> driving in their car, they're on a plane as they're thinking about that and they're, and they're, they're trying to go, okay. So I love the ideals that Cliff is talking about. I love uh, even if they're listening to Converge, perhaps this is a show they really value. Uh, I want to make something like that for myself. But there's just there's this kind of fog. Like, I just don't know where to start. And one of my favorite things about what you do, Cliff, is you get very practical very quickly. And you demystify this notion of what it takes to technically build the mechanics of the podcast. And you also do that in a way where it's not just technical. You while you're doing it, you're helping people really concretely sort through, you know, the purpose, the vision, the message, and you help them vet out a lot of different ideas to hone down what's actually going to make sense for an audience. And, and you do that primarily through this podcasting A to Z course that I took personally, paid real hard dollars to do it, worth every stinking penny. And you have another one of those coming up on January 12th. And I'm wondering if you could just talk just for a minute about the podcasting A to Z course. Sure. Uh, Podcasting A to Z is a four-week online training course. Basically, it is kind of like a college night course, if you will. I Basically, at the beginning of the, each week, I give you a syllabus or a, a weekly course outline, and I give you assignments. I say, go watch this tutorial. And then once you finish that, go watch this one. But instead of just saying, hey, if you have any questions, you can post them there, and eventually I'll get to it. I literally, for the course, during the period of time of those four weeks, I say no to everything else in my business. I don't take any travel. I don't do anything else. I only stand by Monday through Friday, literally standing by, waiting for people's questions to come in. And as those questions come in, I answer every single question. And in fact, I've done this. There's been over 411 students who have gone through podcasting A to Z. I doubt very seriously there's a question you can come up with that I don't already have a pre-programmed answer for. So you'll not only get the answers that you're wanting, but what I I do, Dane, and and I think people probably can sense this, I, I really am passionate about helping people and encouraging people and, and today, what I do during this four-week course is it's kind of like you get this personal uh, life coach, business coach, mentor for four weeks. And, and that's what Podcasting A to Z is about. And if anybody has any questions, you can go to podcastinga2z.com. And before you read all of the stuff about what is included, I simply encourage you first to go to the very bottom of the page and just read the tutorials. And because... If, if you read what's included, you'll think there's just no way Cliff can deliver on that. And in the show notes, we'll give you guys some links so you can and some opportunities on ways to take advantage of that with some special opportunities. But distinct from that, Cliff, I just want to give a quick example. I remember when I was taking the course, I asked a particular question. And in retrospect, I think I, it's got to be one of those kinds of questions that you've been asked a gazillion times. But I, I remember specifically, you, you asked for clarity, you asked a series of questions in response to get even more precise on what I was asking. So you're really listening. And then you actually created a whole video just for my question. And then you made that video available, not just to me, but for everyone in our cohort of people who were taking it. And I still have access to that now. And it's been like almost two years now since I took that course. And I, I'm just amazed. Like you're the level, I'm saying this for the folks at home, the level of commitment that you have to these particular people is really significant. And I, I just couldn't endorse this course enough. Um, there's actually a video that I think, I don't know if it's still up anymore or not, but of me endorsing this course. And I, 
if if podcasting is a medium that you guys care about, that you as a consumer, that you enjoy yourself and you want to be a voice in other people's minds and brains, uh, I, I couldn't recommend this highly enough. So please go check that out. We'll give you all the links in the show. Uh, but Cliff, as we finish up, I just want to ask one final question for folks who are they they have been making things for a long time. Maybe they're a little discouraged. Maybe they're wondering, like, is there really an audience for for my big idea out there? And I know you have these conversations all the time. What do you say to that person? Speak directly to that person about, you know, taking their first step. Well, sure. I, my, well, for the first step, for anybody who's thinking about podcasting, and is there really an audience for it? If you're obviously, if you're listening to this, you're you're already familiar with this podcast. But I encourage you to to just think of some really weird topics or some off the wall topics, maybe something you're really passionate about, and then do a search for it. And by the way, if there isn't already a podcast out there, it's actually one of the, it could actually be seen as a huge benefit for you. You may actually have to do a, a little bit more work, maybe even a lot more work to grow an audience. Uh, but what I can tell you is that it offers you a smaller haystack. So if you think about the searching for a needle in a haystack, well, you and your message are that needle. Uh, but, but man, I'll tell you, this is an opportunity for you to connect them with them on a deeper level. And the reality is, is you don't have to have a massive audience to have a massive amount of impact and influence in the lives of people who listen to you. This was episode 033 of Converge, the Business of Creativity podcast. ConvergePodcast.com is our home where you'll find all of our past episodes. ConvergeSummit.com is our annual gathering for creatives looking to maximize their market. How much are you leaving on the table? Music today provided by TripleSkinMusic.com. Sound as good as you look. Thanks to Anna Quiz at AcreativeCo for audio production, and a special thanks to Cliff for being with us. Visit him at PodcastAnswerMan.com. As usual, I want to thank you for spreading the word about the show. Or if you like what's here and you haven't shared it with a friend, would you? Maybe consider one person you think who could benefit and invite them in. When you leave questions and comments on the site and rate us on places like iTunes, we recognize that you caring enough to do that sort of thing is a really big deal, and we're grateful. That's it for now. I'm Dave Sanders. I cannot wait until next time.